Welcome, Welcome to, to another episode, episode of Bad, Bad Decisions, Decisions Coffee Break. Break. <laughs> All right. Clink. Chin. Chin, chin. Mm. Oh, man, oh, man, baby. I'm caffeinated. This is like the... This fifth, is a fifth no, shot of the, the day. Well, technically, I've had four shots until now or five, six. I don't even know. Yeah. I'm just super fucking caffeinated right now. And we are going for... Afrique. Again. Okay. Uh, well, we should be trying out new coffees every single time. That was the promise. Why? Why? Have we no, not bought because, new coffee? No, we, because the packages are so big. We are, and it's only two of us. We can't really finish them. But we are gonna have a new one for the next episode. I like I that. Promise. I like that. that. Yeah. I like that. We found this really cute coffee place near the house, which has really small packets of coffee, but they have all these nice little flavors in them that I would love to try. <laughs> but it's like double the price, no, the, the, and it's like like the, half as. Like half of this. No, so. the problem with the small pocket size is by the time we figure out what is the grind size is going yeah. to be, half of it is where it's it's gone. Like we waste so much coffee. Yeah, I think we waste so much coffee just figuring out the perfect drip. Yeah, but I mean it's all right. You know, coffee is like my favorite started, drug. I mean, so we just started. We just started making coffee. By the way, it's like been, it's been a couple months of months. That we are, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, a couple of months. But again, we've we've been coffee drinkers since birth. Like literally came out of my mom's womb, and I was like. Give me that caffeine. But we've only gotten a proper machine, uh, which is the Barista... Breville, Breville. Breville Barista Pro, Bar- Barista Express, Express or something, something yeah. which is like their basic one. It's expensive, but it's like the basic one compared to all the ranges yeah. that they have. But it's like, it's changed our life so much because we, we used to put the coffee on the pot and spend like and 10 minutes. And boil it and boil it and then mix it and it was, yeah. Good old days. <laughs> but no. That I, was, I that was four it. months ago. Good yeah. old days. That was like <laughs> three months ago. We've only, yeah, we've only upgraded recently. But you know, this is not a, 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 a podcast about coffee even though the name Coffee Break is involved. But this is a podcast about us talking about the things that we love which turns out to be a lot of 3D, animation, VR, and AR. And now you guys are back for our fourth fucking episode i fucking don't believe it we are at our fourth episode let's go it's been one month since we started this and it has been crazy i've met people in real life i mean our friends of course nobody nobody came to us and said they saw the podcast but people who we know and watch the podcast they saw they said they love it and this is so much it gives me so much inspiration to continue and make making more of this and and just to touch on that thank you thank you thank you if you are tuning in right now and watching Almost every episode or every episode or even if this is your first episode, I just want to say thank you from both of us yeah. because you watching gives us the motivation to continue. And so we love you. And I think what is really important that we need to we need to say that every episode we're gonna have a different theme. Yes. Like we're gonna cover, we're gonna go over different things. So so one episode, I think we started with AR, yeah. then we went to body motion capture. Yeah. I'm gonna put all the links for the previous episode, by the way, below. Yeah. You you don't have to necessarily watch watch all of them. You can you can just see which topic would be the best fit for you. That's and, right. Uh, and then you can just, you know, watch it and get all the information that we spent hours of research on it. Yes. Get it in like an hour or maybe less. Yes. I think... And also to add on to that, you can even go within the episode itself and the episodes are usually 40 minutes to an hour long, but we try to time code everything. So usually what happens is we start with the beginner talk in the start of the podcast yeah. and then we go to more advanced and the same thing applies to this episode. So let's say today we're talking about face motion capture, which we'll cover. 
For the first few minutes, we're going to be covering the basic terms in motion capture so everybody can understand. But if you're more advanced, you can literally just look at the time code and skip to where we start talking about the very details of facial motion capture for studios. And so pick and choose. You don't have to watch the whole thing. It's more about what you like. Or if you vibe and you want to just watch the whole thing, you want to relax, go ahead and do that too. That's fine. Can I shield something? Yes, go ahead. <laughs> what do you want to shield? No, the packet. Okay, so yesterday... After, I think we were, it was 10 days that we were waiting for Snap Spectacles. I think if you watched the previous episode, we told you guys that we requested it. Yeah. We didn't know that we were going to get it or not. Yeah. Maybe you can tell them what the fuck it's all about anyways. Okay. Like, they don't know. Okay, what are Snap Spectacles? Okay, well, let me say that one more time. What are Snap Spectacles and why do we have them here? So, these are AR glasses. So, basically, these are like your normal glasses, which has an LCD right in front of it. And you can see all the digital overlay that you create on Lens Studio in your real physical environment. How cool is that? So It's glasses use... for the future. Yeah, exactly. And in the previous episode, we covered that Xiaomi came up with their own AR glasses. I think between the previous episode and this episode, there was another company. I forgot the Oppo. name. Oppo. Yes, they announced their own AR glasses. Apple, of course, is coming up with their AR glasses. Is Meta... it AR glasses or VR? Apple's coming with VR, VR headsets. AR is in the roadmap. So Meta also announced that AR glasses are in the roadmap. So imagine all these big companies are creating all these AR glasses and we managed to get our hands on not one, two of these. So Faraz has also his own. We Where's mine? No, we haven't. Where's mine, bitch? It. We haven't opened it. So I'm going to put it on. At first, uh, before before I get the spectacles, I thought, oh my God, these aren't going to be heavy. They're not going to look good. They're, but it looks so good. Let me Dude, put it, it looks fucking it amazing. Looks fucking great. I look like a fucking DJ. Dude, and you look... It's very comfortable. I haven't... You know, took out the plastic and... Yeah, yeah. you still, still have little, like the, yeah, the yeah. package plastic on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me just tell you one thing about it. So if you can notice, it's matte black. You can. Actually, I'm thinking, can, it, can I put hints for myself for this podcast? Don't carry this paper. Oh, like a teleprompter. Yes. Yes, essentially. I create yeah. a lens as a teleprompter and then... Yes. Oh my God. This guy Dude, we should do that. Should we like rock these glasses for the next episode next and have episode like all the... Yeah. Like fuck paper, man. Why do we have paper with like... Actually, we should. So we have two of these snaps. Thank you so much for sending us these yeah. spectacles. What we need to do now, me and Fahaz need to sit down and plan what are we going to create. So there, there are... So whatever you create on Lens Studio, mm. technically you can, you know, use spectacles with it as well. There and there's certain, more capabilities. No, there are, some, no, so there are some capabilities shared, yeah. but there are some capabilities which you cannot have it on spectacles for sure because it's different from the phone. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's basically with the same framework, with the same base. Yeah. And I'm, we are going to have a meeting with Snap, I think on Thursday or Friday with their team to find out more about, you know, it's, it's an onboarding session. Are you trying to show off that we have meetings with Snapchat? Yes, we do. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, and then what, what's going to happen is we are going to focus on creating lenses for these spectacles and going to create content out of it. Yeah. So two, three ideas that we had, I think one of them was definitely bringing our King Tooth experience into spectacles. Yes. Imagine you try it, you know, you go into the tomb without the phone. You just, you know, look around and mm. see the tomb. And also the supermarket idea. I think that one is a fucking dope idea. So it, just a little bit of a backstory yeah. to what Farah was saying. The King Tooth idea, if you don't know, we created an AR experience for Snap Lensathon, which we for which we created the exact replica of a tomb in Egypt in augmented reality. We managed to come at third place, which was a great honor. And Farah's idea is to port that same experience for spectacles, uh, which will allow us to create essentially more effects because spectacles have some extra capabilities that you don't have with your phones. And the supermarket idea is also really cool. 
The idea for the supermarket was, imagine if you walk into a grocery store and all the time that you're looking at all these nutrition labels, if you're a health freak like me and Farhad are checking for like canola oil and sunflower oil, imagine if you just have to look at the products and all these informations are popping up the moment you get close to them. So you don't have to necessarily pick up the packaging, look around. It's a lot of like, I feel like cyberpunk or anime sort of cartoons would have definitely shots or scenes like this. So our vision and ideas and inspirations came from them. And we want to recreate that for spectacle. So stay tuned. That lens is coming hopefully by end of March. Let's see how we do it. Let's see. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking at you and keeping you accountable for end Let's of March. Do Let's do it. Let's do it. I'm, I'm pumped. Today is what? Like eight, nine? Yeah. So I think we have time. I don't know. I don't even know. But I think we've talked enough about this. So this was like the most exciting thing that has happened this week. We haven't tried it yet, but that is going to be the goal. Aside from that, I feel like we can go ahead and talk about what is happening today. Because today... We have this headset right here, the Head Mount Gear, a.k.a. HMC. Was it HMC? Yeah, it's HMC. Head Mount, head mount Gear, HMG. No, no. no, but it's HMC, Head Mount... Control? No, Cap. Cap. Cast. Cap. Cap. <laughs> 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 fucking that. Do you want me to check? Hold on, let me, let me see. Okay, HMC. HM. Head Mounted Camera. Camera, <laughs> yes. Figure. Cast cat. Okay, <laughs> fail. Oh, uh, those cross. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god! Thank God this is episode four and not like episode four hundred. <laughs> like a lot of audience. Anyways, head mount camera, head mount gear, head mount cap, whatever you want to call it. Essentially, we brought this for our second episode, which was all about body motion capture. But we did mention that. This was not going to be a part of it. We just had it as decoration. But it's been so long since I wanted to talk about facial motion capture with Farhad. And there's a specific reason why. Maybe you want to tell them. So so to give, a, to give you guys a background, on episode two, we dive deep into motion capture. And we covered everything about body motion capture. But when we look at our time, we were at like past one hour. So we couldn't really talk about face motion, motion capture because I think face itself deserved an episode because there is a lot of things to talk about. There are different devices when you want to, you know, capture your fa facial movement. So we thought that this episode would be fully focused on facial motion capture. I'm going to put the link for the episode two here. Yeah. So if you guys want to know more about body motion capture, what solutions are available, you can go to that link basically. Yeah. And okay. So the reason why we're bringing facial motion capture, why we think it's important to dedicate one episode to it is because up until... Well, I would say a few years ago or up until even today, facial animation has been one of the more complex parts of any animation. And the reason for that is because we have thousands of small muscle movements in our face. And to be able to translate that in a realistic manner to a 3D character was impossible if you go 30 years ago, 40 years ago. But it slowly got more possible when people started figuring out different ways to do that. And now, 2022, 2023... It's become so accessible, so affordable that we believe we need one episode to just talk about how easy it is to get realistic animation onto your 3D characters for the face and do it in a very quick manner. So, so in other words, I can say that small studios with low budget, with low budget can create animation, I'm, which is as good as the movie. I'm going to correct you. Not small studios. I'm talking about one fucking Individual person. freelancers. Individuals. Okay. Like a YouTuber or a TikToker can then, if they have basic 3D knowledge and they are willing to learn, there is the tools available right now to create super realistic animation for that, face. 
That's amazing. So I think why don't we start by talking about just the basics. If you don't know, facial motion capture is taking our own facial movements and putting it onto a 3D character. And the 3D character doesn't have to be a human. It can be a dog. It can be a bird. A monster. A monster. Like, like what, what, give, give me an example of what, 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 what movie used facial motion capture. Benedict Cumberbatch, the dragon in The Hobbit. Okay. I got that right. Yeah. I was waiting for you to say Lord of the Rings. Oh, God, no, that was not right. going to fall for it again. <laughs> Gollum in The Lord of the Rings. These are like Gollum, Lord of the Rings is one of the earlier examples. Uh, but Benedict Cumberbatch with the dragon. Like when you compare a human's facial features to a dragon, it's definitely not the same. But you can essentially take the facial animation of a human and still map that onto a dragon. That is possible. And so that's why facial motion capture is really important because if you were to manually do all these animations, it will take a long time. And it might not even look that real. But when you have facial reference to connect and map that to, then you you can get really good animation really fast. So there isn't... Facial motion capture is so important. There is this concept called Uncanny Valley. Yeah. What is it about? So Uncanny Valley, I heard about this term first at SIGGRAPH uh, in, 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 in Vancouver. And essentially, Uncanny Valley is the unsettling feeling that we have when we look at something that is human-like, but there's something off about it. And we've all experienced that, where maybe in older cartoons or older movies, they were trying to get a character to look like a human, but... It just did not. And the reason it did not is because fortunately or unfortunately, we are particularly good at telling if something is human or not. So we are, we are good in this, the, you know, defining what is bullshit and it's not. And we can exactly. say that, you know, like if something is off, our brain will tell us immediately, hey, this is not real. Like, and then the feeling of watching that film or that animation wouldn't be as good. Exactly right. Okay. You and the reason they call it the uncanny valley because it's exactly like a valley. Like it's so steep. The moment if the eye movement is slightly jittery or not as smooth, or if the head movement, or if the muscles when it's smiling, if the character is smiling but it doesn't just look quite right, the emotional connection you have to that character, to that movie, to that story is immediately gone. So our brain is very good at deciding whether... So I'm imagining now, in the future, when the hologram avatars are a thing, we have to make them so high quality, else our brain will immediately tell us that, hey, this is a replica, this is a real human, this is... Exactly. Okay, that's that's really interesting. That's why right now, like... If you just go on TikTok and look at some movies, you can immediately tell, okay, this is CGI, this is not CGI, this is CGI, this is not CGI. And some, for some reason, to this day still, if you've been in the 3D industry, or even if you haven't, when you look at deep fake videos, for example, you can still tell they're deep fake, like the Tom Cruise deep fake. There's a lot of people who cannot tell that as a deep fake or that's fake because he's trying to get it so close. So the uncanny valley doesn't exist there, right? But there's a lot of deep fake videos where you can instantly almost tell, okay, that's not real. That doesn't look real. It's supposed to be like that, but still the movements are not, you know, uh, off. Yeah. They're not detailed enough. And it's just the human consciousness, like our, our, sorry, our unconscious mind and brain can actually tell that apart. We're very good at that. That's why you don't need to be taught to know if someone's feeling happy. Since you were born, you, you feel that. If, if you're smiling, I can feel you're happy. And if you're sad, I can feel that you're sad. Now, 
you you've definitely watched cartoons where like the character right maybe a 20 year old cartoon was sad but you don't feel shit oh like, it doesn't unless transform the, yeah and polar express is a good example of that so it didn't really reflect yeah i, I really i think it's, it would be good to talk to a neuroscientist about the what happens in the brain dr andrew uberman yes please oh. <laughs> andrew uberman is uh one of the biggest and best podcasters and he's a neuroscientist farhad is a big fan if you're watching this ever <laughs> he would love to have a conversation with you about ar and vr and how our brain actually reacts with all these different and how we can differentiate them actually so this is yeah. very interesting yeah. but yeah so i think now we talked about this let's talk about some of the basics so now how does this movement are transformed and defined so, so we can talk about blend shapes or even face rig because those are the things that if we are doing facial motion capture, yeah. we need to know how those things work to be able to, you know, say, oh, this is a good software, this is not, this is a good output or not, basically. Exactly. No, you're absolutely right. I think the fact that you brought that up, I think we should go over those terms before we get into, you know, the details of what facial motion capture is and how you can use it. But... The very basics of it is when you have a 3D character, the 3D software doesn't know exactly where the eyes are, where the mouth is, how does your character smile. So you need to find a way to define those things. And the way you do that is through bones and face rigs. So you essentially start setting up bones, how your own face has those bones, around your character, around the eyebrows, around the eyes, right? around the mouth, and these bones essentially will control the different parts of the face. The more bones you have, usually the more advanced your animation, the more realistic your animation is going to look, which is why metahumans, for example, have very realistic animations because there's hundreds of bones. But that's not where it ends. We have something called blend shapes. And blend shapes is essentially a tool to set up expressions and predefined expressions for your 3D character. For example, eyebrow up, eyebrow left up, eyebrow right up, mouth open. So you define these, I look stupid. Yeah, but you're, like, oh, you're, looking at, <laughs> and then you're sitting right in front of me. You said eyebrow left up. I was like, okay, this is the right one. <laughs> yeah, I know it's yeah, inverted. Yeah, yeah. But essentially speaking, you get my point, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. So using these face rigs, uh, which connect to the bones of the 3D character, you can move these you know, characters' facial, anim uh, facial movements, uh, facial bones, and then with these blend shapes, you can then set up expressions of what, for this cat, if it was smiling, how would it look? And with the blend shape, you will define that. And so you can do this in any 3D software, and it's a very commonly used term and known knowledge. Is there a setup number for all these blend shapes that, you know, we have like how many blend shapes in... in you can have as many blend shapes okay. as you want. So you can go as detailed as you want to like a smirk, a smile, a frown. A wink, yeah. Yeah, and then you can have blend shapes which are a mix of other blend shapes, right? So you can go super detailed into this. Or you can go very basic. Like for some of the um, v VTubers, right? Uh, you have like maybe 10 blend shapes. So it's very basic. You just have the eyebrows moving and a smile and a sad face. And that's because maybe they want to keep it light. They don't want to have super realistic animation. It's like an animated character. So it really depends on what's your needs, right? Okay, that, that perfectly makes sense, actually. But so now we know some of the basics. Yeah. And we know how, you know, facial mo motion capture works. Why do we need it? But when you were explaining it to me, I think it was two months ago that we started going through this long journey of research about all of this, there were many, many tools out there yeah. to do facial motion capture. And 
I would say you cannot put them in different categories or types. There are just different solutions by different teams or companies. Yeah. And they all have certain things. And if you are, for example, want to work in Unreal Engine, then there is one tool to use. If you are want to work on animation, then there is another one. If you have a lot of budget, then there is one tool for you. So how we can break it down for someone who's coming in and say, hey, I don't know anything about the tools out there. How can I pick one? Or where should I start yeah. before breaking my bank or before you know doing something very complicated? That's a very good question. And I just want to stress one thing to everybody right now. We are going to be covering this guy right here in full detail. So stay tuned because this is actually the main focus of today's yeah. episode. But before we move on to this, and I like to call this a studio grade uh, animation, facial animation, because you can truly produce quality animation for the face as yeah go ahead and put it on Ooh. as good as let's say thanos in avengers right as good as any hollywood studio or any triple a title game studio and that's going to be the main focus but before we jump into that do you like that yeah i like it and oh just realized i mean there's a camera right in front of me right yes exactly yeah, we, should, we should talk about it and how that we're going to be covering that, but before we go into that, because not everybody has access to this, I feel like the one thing everybody needs to know about, and if you've ever tried facial animation, what... You really just saw what Faraz did. He's very sensitive about all of this. I put the cable a little bit uptight, and he was like, oh, don't touch the cable. Oh, gotta, yeah, just gotta be careful with my headset, man. So, Apple AR Kit is the term that everybody needs to be aware of, because if you want to talk about facial animation right now, the biggest category for any freelancer, any small indie studio right now to consider is using Apple ARKit. Now, Apple ARKit is what Apple did to define how we can use 50 plus blend shapes to control realistic facial animation for any 3D character. And they came up with a predefined expressions, again, 50 plus blend shapes, Apple defined these. They have documentations on it. And what happened is after they did this for their own emojis and their own emojis, you know those uh, emojis in Apple? So they're, they're small avatars that you can send through text messages. Exactly. So that's the, very, the, the poop emoji, yeah. the pig emoji. So that's a very basic use of facial capture using your iPhone. Yes. Yeah, that's like free. Everybody probably experienced that. Yes. Like using different... There, there is a unicorn, I think. There exactly. is the, Yeah, okay. They, they, okay. So what Apple did was really smart. Before that, Facial detection markers existed. Like you can use your own webcam and it starts putting in these landmarks on your face. Okay, these are your eyebrows. These are your eyes, your, 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 your mouth. But they were not very accurate. What iPhone did was, okay, we want to have people control our emojis. So they released ARKit. And with ARKit, they released the documentation. And with the documentation, they also released a really good camera, front selfie camera, which has true depth. And that means it can scan your face in 3D and set those landmarks on anybody's face with any skin color, right, in different lighting conditions. And that's why it's so good. And so came a plethora of applications, right, that allow you to record your facial motion capture and put it on any 3D character. We're talking about LiveLink for Unreal Engine, which is the most affordable and it's free. And you can use it to control your metahumans or any character that has the Apple ARKit blend shapes. There's FaceCap, which is a free software for like two seconds of recording, but you have to pay a couple of bucks. After that, you can record it for unlimited amount of usage. And that also uses Apple's ARKit. It's the same technology, different application. You can then export that into Blender, Maya, any 3D software. Then you have LiveFace for iClone, right? Again, Apple's ARKit, 
and it's being sent to iClone Reillusion, which is a software purely made for animation. So I can say that there is a suit of products yes. built on top of Apple AR Kit, and you can use them differently based on the platform that you use. So if you are a person who's working with Blender, probably you should use FaceCap. Yes. If you are working Unreal Engine 5 or 4 or whatever version that you're working, you better use LiveLink. And if you want to use iClone, what was the software? I forgot. iClone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. iClone. Yeah. No, no, no. What was the... Live Face. Live Face. Yeah. Then it That's would be the application. A, okay. You yeah. Know, that perfectly makes sense. And it's easy to pick. Yeah. And these are very low barrier to entry, right? Like the price. How, how does the price... Let's work? not even say there's no fucking barrier. It's, yeah. like, it's, it's open because all you need is to have an iPhone, okay. right? And then you use these applications... And it's also real-time. So all of these send data over Wi-Fi to your computer so you can connect them to your computer and have your animation in real-time. So it's not just good for preview, but also for recording. Now, I would say the one thing that differentiates all of these applications, and there's also Rococo Remote, which is, again, built on top of Apple EarKit. What differentiates them is the price and also what are the features that are offered alongside them. FaceCap is just a couple of bucks, but the export is like a... .txt file or .fbx file, so you can take it to any 3D software. The difference now between that and LiveLink is LiveLink is absolutely free, but only for Unreal Engine, right? But if you're building an Unreal Engine, so I can say that you don't have to pay anything and you can record face capture, right? Absolutely free. That's amazing. Right? And it controls metahumans pretty damn realistically, or any, again, any character that is set up 50 plus blend shapes, which usually take, what, a day to do, or two days for someone who's, you know, who knows what to do with blend shapes? Very quick, in my opinion, for a long animation that you're going to be doing. Uh, there is Rococo Remote, which is paid, but again, it does most of the backend stuff for you. So you just have to click, and it automatically takes everything to you know Blender, for example. So it's much easier to use, but you have to pay. And then there's iClone Reillusion Live Face. The issue with that is you gotta still pay for the software, and the software is quite pricey. It was around eight hundred last time we talked. Yeah, about it. If there, well, there's a lot of different things you can buy in the software, but it is pricey. Price so much that we didn't buy it yet, yeah. right? But the thing is, iClone Reillusion has so many tools where you can then, right after recording your facial animation, use those tools to perfect your animation and make it even better. Whereas if you were to do it in a three D software, you have to deal with all these graph editors and all that, which can be confusing and time-consuming. So, again, when you talk about Apple ARKit, there's so many applications that you can use, and the reason we wanted to mention that is because it starts with being free, and all you need to know is just have the knowledge to run them, and you can get realistic animation to your characters in no time. That's amazing. I think so. It's a very... So, if you haven't touched facial motion capture, that's the best way to get in before even going to the studio-grade devices so so just try it out maybe create a short music video create a short clip yeah play it with different characters doesn't have to be doesn't have to transfer it to a, like an animal or a monster it can be to another human and there are ready-made faces a lot that you can take yeah so it's i would say that you can try it out very fast yeah and you find out whether you're good at it or no so mm. yeah i think it's good but and, and and one more thing I, I think you really enjoyed it too like the moment we tried connecting our iphone the first time to yeah. metamian it's very enjoyable like if you're a 3d you know, artist or or an enthusiast, just give it a fucking try. Like, yeah, it's, it's awesome to see your face connected at the same time you're seeing the the, the preview in real time. You enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, no, 100%. I, I love it. And then after that, you want to do more and you want to make it more accurate and you want to make short films. So it's, it, it's, really, it's really fascinating to see that now you can transfer all the 
detail of your facial motions to another character. So I, I definitely loved it. But we went over all the, not all, of course, some of the Apple AR kit solutions out there. Yeah. But now let's talk about it for someone that, oh, okay, they are doing a little bit more detailed work or they're doing client work or they want to create something more sophisticated. And, mm. you know, they want to they wanna really take it to another level. Yeah. I remember you talking to me that there are studios that are spending a lot of money on facial motion capture because, you know, it's very important movies like Avatar or, or even Thanos in Avengers. Mm. But last year, end of last year, you told me that, oh my God, there is this device that is out. By the way, this device is not sponsoring our podcast, unfortunately. Not yet. Yeah, but so you told me that, oh, this came out. This is affordable, almost as good and... No, no, no. Not almost as good. As, as good. good. As good. Very affordable. And now we can create movie-like facial motion capture. So let's go over the new category of things. What are the studio-grade motion capture devices? My man, you put me right on the spot. I'm ready. We're talking about a fucking game changer here, okay? So when we talk about a studio-grade motion capture for the face, we're talking about using actual head-mounted cameras... Eh? Head mounted cameras to record your facial motion capture and using software to manually solve or automatically solve your motion capture, which then again goes to the 3D characters. Now, we're not talking about AR kit here because we are not just talking about 50 blend shapes. We're not talking about using Apple's documentation or, you know, way of recording your facial motion capture. We're talking about other pieces of software, which movies games AAA studios have been using for years they actually developed like for avatar for lord of the rings a lot of these movies they developed their own software yesterday we were researching about digital domain which is a company who's worked on all, all the movies all the x-men days of future past avengers there you go Percy Jackson, what else? Everything. Well, there was like when so I, many movies, right? They had so like they were saying for seven what was it? Seven shots of Avengers. They had seven three, sequences. Seven three hundred something. People worked on it for yeah. seven sequences. Seven sequences over three hundred shots. VFX shots. Yes. More than three hundred people worked on it. So that's in crazy. in Vancouver and LA, and Shanghai and Taipei. No, no. This. Oh these yeah, these two, two were yeah. involved. Okay. And fine. they were like digital domain were the guys uh, based on their website that worked heavily on Thanos' facial motion capture. Okay. And again, many other characters, but their main focus has been Thanos in the Avengers. And they even developed their own software, which is called Masquerade. Okay. And there's a Masquerade 2.0. So from like one of the Avengers for Thanos, they worked on um, the Thanos facial animation. So they were using Masquerade. So they developed the software to do realistic facial motion capture for him. But... For the next movie, they had to develop that software even more, like an update, Masquerade 2.0. And I believe that's not a software that is available to the public. I don't think so. Which is why we're talking about a fucking game changer right here on this table, Face Good by Avatari. This is a Chinese-based company. And the moment I found out about them from JS Films, again, shout out to another YouTuber who's done so many videos, and also KK Studio. Uh, his name is Brian. These guys have been doing loads of content about Facegood. And the reason why we're talking about Facegood specifically is because of how affordable it is. And it is completely mind-blowing. So Facegood and there's another uh, company called Facewear. Both create 
not just the hardware for head-mounted cameras, but also software. So they have these softwares, which essentially take the anima- take your facial movements and translate that into uh, animation data for a 3D character. Now, both in this scenario, both the hardware and the software need to be really good for you to have realistic animations. Now, both of these companies pretty much do the same thing when it comes to face motion capture. They have these different steps, and I'll explain these steps for you. They start out by... Uh, a part of the software that records your facial animation. So that's the camera in the front. That's the camera in the front. That's an infrared camera in the front. And you were telling me that you cannot. The reason you cannot use your phone and it has to be head mounted is because it it will it will be always in front of your face when you move, so it covers everything, right? That's right. And the thing is, though, you don't necessarily have to use these cameras. Both of these companies in their software allow you to use your own camera, your own DSLR, your own but iPhone. Why would you if there is a... No, but not everybody can afford to have okay, this, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? You still... Okay, so this is the difference. With Apple AR Kit, you have the 50 plus blend shapes. It's limited. With these softwares, you can go super realistic. So essentially... You do not need these pieces of hardware to record your facial animation. You can just depend on a DSLR. As long as you keep your head stable and do your animation, you can get pretty realistic animation if you know how to use their software. Their software here is actually the most important part. However, you don't want to go ahead and do that because if you're doing a scene and you're acting with like the mocap suit of Rococo, you want to record your facial motion at the same, same time, time, not separately sitting still like this. You cannot have a fight scene and be like, oh, I'm going to kill you right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's going to be really hard to do. You can, but well, very it's difficult. so difficult. Yeah, exactly. So you can, both of these faceware and uh, face could have the capability to allow you to record your own animation from an iPhone or a DSLR, but not recommended, but you can. But essentially, both softwares allow you to record yourself with these hardwares or your own. Secondly, you have something called the tracker. In the tracker, you use the software to put landmarks on your eyebrows, on your eyes, and your mouth and lips. And what the tracker does, it has an auto track button. And using the auto track, it will sort of go through all the frames in the video and see where these movements go and essentially trace these lines. Usually, you end up with something that is 50% done. And so you need to go ahead and manually keyframe the modif- uh, the modifications that you want. And that can take a couple of hours if you're good or sometimes maybe a day or two if you're not good, uh, <laughs> if you're a beginner. And what happens after the tracker is now the software knows, okay, these are where the lips are and all that. Then you need to go to the retargeter and it works exactly the same for both Facebook and Faceware. You go to the retargeter where you'll download your 3D character so this is your target, right? Like it, like a monster or whatever. Exactly. Okay. So your three D character, because sometimes your three D character, not sometimes, most of the time, it's not gonna have the exact same face as you, unless it's your own face, which is one yeah. percent of the time. So you need to then map whatever these this tracker has done into the three D character's face rig, face rig, into the face rig. By mapping, you mean like to define that this is the right eyebrow, this is the left eyebrow, or you have to say this is where the eyebrow starts with the eyebrow end? You've already done that, right? That's why we talked about like the face rig okay. and we talked about the blend shapes. Like before you go into the retargeter, you've already defined a face rig for yeah. your character. Your character needs to have a face oh, so rig. So you know already by that stage when you get there. Yeah, so it knows where the eyebrows are, but it doesn't know relative to your smile how should the character smile okay relative to your eyebrow raise how should the character 
do the eyebrow raise. So that's what you're gonna, so in the tracker, the software knows for like, let's say there's 500 frames, right? And the auto track does a decent job for like 400 frames, but like for other 100 frames, you need to manually go in between and fix them. That's why it's gonna take a while, a couple of hours. And the more time you spend here, the better the animation is going to be when you go to a retargeter. When you go to a retargeter, you click a button and boom, the animation is now onto the face of your 3D character. However, when you're smiling, maybe the smile doesn't look so good on the 3D character. That's where you need to do, essentially do the same thing that you did in the tracker, go through all the frames and manually fix the big expressions that you think should look different using the face rig that is available to the 3D character. So basically, for example, if you were smiling or, la or laughing in the scene mm. and now you saw the character is not laughing as much, you can go and just stretch the lips a bit more, add more expression. So, I mean, it goes back to the same thing that we discussed with body motion capture. No matter how good or accurate you get it, there is still some manual work involved to improve and enhance to make sure every frame is reflecting our goal and our target for the character, right? That's partially true because of a technology called artificial intelligence. Oh my God, that's the $5,000 thing that you want to bring out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, we are going to cover that. So yes, manually solving. That's called manually solving what we're doing until this step, which is true for every motion capture that has existed to this day because they you need to manually solve if you want the perfect animation. You need to still make some modifications. And they do the same thing for movies. I'll explain and I'll finish what these softwares do and I'll go to the AI part. So what happens is in the retargeter, once you do fix all those frames, then you keep uh, recalibrating and when you recalibrate, it starts using the tracker information and your retargeter information that you just modified, mix them up to recreate the animation and then once you're happy with what you got, you export out an FBX file of the rig and put it into your 3D software and boom, you've got realistic facial animation. Very quickly, you record your face, you track the landmarks on your face, and then you retarget those tracks onto the 3D character. And that's essentially how you use a face good or face wear software to create realistic facial animation. Now this step can take somewhere between a day to a week. Makes to sense. a whole week for, for like a 30 second animation. But you will get Thanos level animation. That is why we're here today. Now, you know something about Facegood. Why is Facegood so interesting? So, so there is. So there are different tiers, right? So there are. So when you want to get a studio level HMC, you have to pay the price for the device itself, which mm -hmm. is how much? How much we paid for this? Four hundred. Let's something. just say, if you want to just set up a GoPro and a and a cap yourself it will cost you around a thousand bucks. There is literally people who've made that and are selling it for a thousand five hundred ready for you. A GoPro and a head mount gear. For Facewear, I believe their head mount camera costs around five thousand dollars. Just this setup. Facewear, not this. Not this one, Facewear. Facewear. Yeah, okay. Facegood released this headset a yeah. couple months ago. We were one of the first guys who bought it. On the same day, actually, we were one of the top 10, I think, who bought it, right? But like, when they opened it and we bought it, right? We were there. It costs $469. Doesn't make sense. It doesn't know. fucking make sense. This head mount camera is the cheapest head mount camera we've ever seen. It's the most affordable and it works better than half or maybe most of the head mount cameras. Why? It has infrared camera, which means 
it doesn't blast lights in your face. If you go and look at movies, when they're recording a character, there's like two lights in their face. That fucks with your eyes. There's no lights here. Infrared camera, any lighting scenario, doesn't fucking matter. It records your face the same way. In the dark, in the light condition. It has a microphone. Really? It has a microphone. So you can record your voice at the same time. And it costs 400 something dollars. So this is for the hardware. Now imagine you recorded your footage and now you want to go through the steps that we talked about. Mm. What is the cost of the software? Free. Nice. It's fucking free. Can it? Okay. It's unbelievable. Yeah. You know why it's unbelievable? Because, and we're not trying to shit on Faceware here, okay? Faceware has been used for literally a lot of the AAA title games, movies, VFX, in, in any sort of you know domain. And they are one of the industry-leading standards. And one of the or the, I think they are the There are other ones too, but Faceware is super big. Super famous. And right? that's because they do an amazing job at creating realistic animation. How much, how much it costs a Faceware? So this is the thing. I was looking at the website and we can put the numbers for you. But essentially there's like different numbers because they have like the yearly, the monthly. But all of these processes, like the tracker. No, the device, itself, I'm talking about the device itself. 5,000 at minimum. Well, ju- just this. Just this. Okay. With a GoPro. Wow. So if you are a studio who has a lot of money to burn, then you can afford that. But yeah, I mean, 400 to 5,000 is huge. like 10x. You know what's crazy? Facebook has another head mount camera, P1. This is the D2. There's a P1. Which is the previous version, right? Previous, well, like, no, no, a higher level version. It costs like 10,000, I think, $10,000. This is why it was crazy because I saw the announcement. They kept saying, we're going to be announcing something crazy. No one's going to believe it. I was like, okay, what is going to be the price? Like $2,000? Like, they announced it and it's like 400 something dollars. And it it just doesn't make any sense. Like, people who know anything about motion capture know this is the biggest deal in the movie industry. And so, what I'm going to put down on paper today is you're going to see a lot of freelancers, a lot of small indie studios get in on this guy right here. It's the same concept as Rococo. Like, Rococo is affordable when it comes to motion capture. Facebook is doing the same exact thing. But keeping the quality, make it affordable. Small studios can come in and can create content. And not everybody is making a two-hour movie, right? Yes. You can make it, so, so I can tell you that music videos, mm. advertisement, like you can, you, you, you should be, like you could be creating a clip which is like 20 seconds, 10 seconds. Yeah. You, like it won't take you that much time and you don't have that much big budget, right? There you, go. you are making like short films. You are yeah. making like a lot of, I would say applications out of these triple A movies that takes, you know, hours or years to build are with all these, like, you know, devices. Yeah, I think that, but I remember, so so you, you explained all of this to me and there was a catch that you said, oh, remember the manual process that I told you will take you one day to one week? There is a way to automate it. There is a way to get rid of that one week and do it in a matter of what, hours? Almost live, almost live, yeah. But it comes with a price. As it usual. does come with a price. And that's something that people need to be aware of. So you're absolutely right. Facegood is absolutely free. The software is completely free for you to use to create the manual solve. And this only costs under 500 bucks. So anybody can get in on this. Literally anybody, even a college student. But recently, they're using loads of artificial intelligence who doesn't nowadays everybody like whatever you want to do create caption with artificial intelligence presentations make images like 
Yeah, it's it's bound to come yeah. in, right? So what essentially you can do is you can use artificial intelligence to greatly enhance your tracking by different methods. One is the real-time method. So real-time, the quality of this is ARKit. So they use ARKit for real-time as well so you can do a live preview. But with the artificial intelligence part of the software, you can essentially have really good animation in real-time and... On top of that, you can use your own face to train the data. So the next time you're using AutoTrack, it knows exactly your oh, wow. face. So it tracks better, it tracks faster, and then you can retarget faster. So this comes at a hefty price of $5,000. When I say hefty, I'm talking about hefty compared to the fact that it's absolutely free when you talk about the you know the ManoSoft. But if you are somebody like a small studio Honestly, if you have a big client, if you have a brand who are working with probably 5000 is it a year? Or? It's for one year. Yeah, it's nothing. $5,000 per year is not it's that nothing. much. If, if you are getting really clients, like big, not even, I wouldn't call it big clients. If you are getting one media, big project, just yeah, one big it, project. It, will, it will cover everything. And how much time do you save in order to doing that? So now you're using AI mm. to... What, what, what do I call it? To enhance your facial motion capture or yeah. to, to... Enhance it and increase the speed. And so using AI to enhance and increase speed of your motion capture. Damn that's right. Damn that's right. There's a lot of other features they're adding, but again, a lot of it is in beta. If you guys want to find out more, go to Avatari Facebook. They have a Twitter account and their website and a Discord channel. They essentially are working every day to create better software. So they're training their AI models. All of this is improving. And even the even the free version, if you think about it, the auto track, is going to get better over time because the, the more faces they train themselves, the auto track gets stronger. So this is a very promising piece of tech and a promising company. And the reason why we were talking about face good in specifics is we forgot to mention this. Facewear is still amazing. Sometimes you might get better performance out of facewear, sometimes maybe better performance out of face good. It really depends on the artist as well. But essentially, the reason why we're talking about this is because Facewear, for each part of the software, for the tracker, there's a monthly price. For the retargeter, there's another monthly price. Oh, okay. And there's another thing called Facewear Studio, which is for live preview. There's another price for that, right? And the head mount camera also comes at a price that is more expensive. So unless you're a AAA title studio, I'd say it's harder for anybody to get into investing into something called Facewear, where... You, you definitely have to have a, a, a lot big of, of a capital, budget. Yeah. yeah. So uh, you know what I love to do like at end of every episode to create a flow chart? You know, have you seen those flow chart that they will say, do you have budget? Yes, no. <laughs> if yes, then you can go buy it. No. Then do you have client who's paying you? Yes, no. So, so if you create that, and I think by this episode, we covered so many things. Are you a beginner? So we, I will do a wrap up, a quick wrap up of what mm. we said. So if you are a beginner, if you haven't used facial motion capture, there are free tools out there to try. And it's as simple as using your phone and just downloading an application. Very if you are a little bit, you want to do something more complicated, you want to spend some money, there are studio level gears that you can you know, afford and you can buy to create, to create your facial motion capture. One of them is Facegood, which is under $500. The software is free. If you want to spend more money, if you want to save time, you can subscribe to their AI Enhancer or whatever, whatever. What yeah, they it's, call it's it? essentially an enterprise edition. Okay, yeah. They even call it enterprise because it's meant for enterprises. Exactly, right? it makes sense. They are a lot of people wanted to try the AI model, so they are th uh, they are considering actually a monthly subscription. That's amazing. Which is 
I guess it's going to be around $100, $200 a month. So it's still pricey, but at least you get to pay monthly. So for example, I just want to use it this month. Then I can just subscribe for one month, pay $100, $200, and use all of my animations within and record all of my animations within that month. And then I have to, un, I can unsubscribe after that. So they're thinking of that model. So it's still very, yeah, very new, right? Like this, this just came out like two or three months ago. And then this came yeah, out two or three months yeah. ago, but Avatar Facebook has been there for a while. Okay, makes sense. No, I think now that people who are watching this will have a great idea of you know how to start where do they go and if you have any question just leave it in the comments right we can yeah. we can answer it and if you know any other solution any other device that we didn't cover today put it in the comment we would love to do research probably not going to buy it because we just spent <laughs> a lot of money on this but i mean we are going to do research and we're going to talk about it in the next upcoming episodes yeah so this is episode 4 and yeah. it's going really I, sorry before yeah, you yeah. even finish it i just want to say one thing for faceware Okay. If anybody from Facebook is watching this, I just want to point out the fact that we've never tried Facebook ourselves. Yeah. I've tried the software, but you know, for you to fully understand the capabilities, you have to have you know the head mount camera and the software coupled up together, try it out with like metahumans and all these characters. We would love to try out Facebook and compare it to something like Facecode. That way we'll truly know which one is better. And even at that point, it might be a little bit difficult because it depends on your manual solve, but still. Respect to anybody in the industry who's helping bring affordable or even convenient or highly performant motion capture. But again, we have to talk about this because as an indie studio ourselves, as a small studio, we have to go for something that we can afford. And we have to go for something that is allowing more people, more artists to use facial motion capture. So, And with this speech, Faraz just opened the gate for Facefair to sponsor us if they want to do it. <laughs> I'm no comments. <laughs> no, 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 comments. no. But again, I think what we covered here is again is up to you to decide what what device you want to pick up. But yeah. then it it's really depends on what you want to do, what sort of clients you have, what sort of budgets you want to spend. And this is episode four. Yeah, I man. think we covered everything. It's been one month that we've been doing this. We are thinking to bringing guests from I would say episode five, six, seven. Yeah. And if you guys have any recommendation leave them in the comments we are gonna cover i would say people who are really in our industry but we want to cover people who are not also in our industry and get their ideas and get their you know feedback about augmented reality animation motion capture and all those things so i think those episodes are going to be interesting if you really like this episode please subscribe share it with your friends if you think it's useful for them and I think it's a wrap. I think it's a wrap. Again, I just want to say thank you for anybody watching this. Get ready for the guests, I guess. Yeah, we, we, we were preparing. So we upgraded our equipment. If you notice, the cables are different. We bought like an audio interface so we can bring in guests and all that, just like Farhad said. So we're very excited about upgrading the podcast. And thank you so much for supporting us to this day. And what we are going to do is, so this is a long form of content that we are going to produce. We produce a lot of YouTube shorts, which is basically whatever we do with these devices, AR or different projects that we have. Also on our other socials, if you go to, Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat, Twitter, LinkedIn. We also post different materials based on our R&D projects and creations. See you guys on the next episode. Peace.